One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, bass blast, bass blast, bass blast. Matt, welcome back to the bass blast. Thank you. It's great to be here. As we both know, if you are on the bass blast, it means that we are about to talk about some AI developments. Is that explicitly what they're for? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're you're here for other things too, I'm sure. It's just kind of been a pattern that I, like I when new AI stuff comes, I'm like, who's who do I know that does a lot of AI talking with me? It's Matt. I gotcha. I gotcha. But I will try to get you on for something else just so we don't pigeonhole you too much. That's <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> what we are going to talk about today is the compression thing. I think it's Gfodor that first found this. I don't know what his real name is. I don't know what his real name is. It's interesting. I, I, I wasn't really aware of this personality until recently, but then they seem to be saying a lot of really interesting things recently. So Yeah, make a name for yourself by doing cool new things with AI. It's true. What Gfodor did is tell ChatGPT, I'm going to give you a long paragraph and I want you to compress it into a much shorter thing. There's at least two prompts that I want to go over. So the first prompt is the MUD prompt to design a multi-user dungeon. If people are not familiar with this, they're text-based dungeon crawlers, basically. You run around, you slay monsters, you talk to other people, you explore dungeon. It's a, a simulation where people can navigate, interact, observe their surroundings, including PCs and NPCs, manage inventories, engage in arbitrary tasks, pursue specific goals, and follow storylines. ChatGPT said, okay, cool, I can do this, and spat out a basically two-line compression, which I think is human-readable. Have you read this one? Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. My recollection, though, is that it's a combination of words and, and a few symbols and it's highly suggestive but definitely missing a lot of the detail of what was originally there yeah it's mud sim colon nav slash interact slash observe slash pc slash npcs basically all the keywords he took that opened up a new session with chat gtp and pasted it in chat gtp was like cool i know what you want here i'll tell you what you want because he asked and then was able to execute on it it's pretty cool yeah i meant to experiment with this I did like one very small test with it, but I was actually using GPT-4 for like work. So I didn't want to spend my precious, precious tokens on this experiment. So I made up my own, like compressed this into something short language. What it did is it compressed it like way too much. And then when it tried to uncompress, it lost a lot of resolution. So like, it's definitely super cool that it works the way Gfodor explained. There's definitely nuance in terms of being sure that it understands that it's supposed to compress it enough but not too much um mm -hmm. but yeah no i mean the coolest thing about it is like he very convincingly shows that when you give it to another prompt then you re-expand the compression that it really did do a pretty decent job at the compression like a surprisingly decent job i imagine trying to compress it might take a few tries i know that decompressing it a lot of people reported it didn't work for them on the first try or some for the second try but like by the third try they usually got a hit which reminds me that we're dealing with fairy magic here because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to ask them three times yeah. for them to do the thing. Yeah, it works on the third time only though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it follows narrative magic, yeah. I wanted to talk about one other one, which I thought was a little bit harder to read. This one says, this is proof that I can speak the tongue of the Shoggoth. He now refers to these as Shoggoth tongues, which I think is a great term. <laughs> he said, this one, when you type this in and then you give it target X, you replace X with an idea, it will give you a constructive but respectful criticism of it. It at first just looks like a bunch of letters and a few symbols. When I really stare at it to try to deconstruct it myself, I see RCS, I'm not sure what exactly that is, colon, skeptic and respectful underscore constructive critic, semicolon, idea, proposal, frimb, I'm not sure what that is, 
honest criticism. And that's all like with the vowels stripped out and no spaces and all that. He entered that and target a social network for pets. ChatGPT replied, subject, skeptical yet respectful constructive criticism and idea proposal from an honest critic. And then gave him respectful criticism about this social network for pets idea. I don't know, again, if this took several tries to get a good compression like that, but that one is a bit more impressive. That would have taken me longer to get to. Yeah, for sure. So that one, I think, gestures at why you would want to bother doing something like this in the first place, which Mm -hmm. may not be obvious to people who don't try to use these systems to actually accomplish things. Whether you're using the chat GPT interface or whether you're using the playground or, or, or the API, I should say, you kind of want to conserve your, your usage, especially if you're using the API, you're basically being charged by the token. The fewer tokens you can get away with using, the better. If you have a trick to ask it, hey, I'd like to have honest, respectful criticism of this idea, except do that in like 10 tokens instead of 40 that can be valuable, especially if you're going to do it a whole bunch of times or a whole bunch of different ideas. So having these cognitive shorthand ways of basically loading the context window without using up a bunch of tokens is actually really cool and I would say useful. I I haven't used it very much lately. It's funny, I've been using GPT a lot, but I haven't been like testing it. I've just been like, okay, I just need to to do this thing. So, But I think this will be a thing that I incorporate into my workflow of interacting with GPT. Interesting. See, I'm less convinced just because sometimes it does take multiple tries and obviously you lose something in the compression. I'm not sure it'd be worth it to have less tokens. Like a use case you might want to use it for is if you're going to run the same operation a ton of times and then you have like a compression string that you're really confident in, then you would go with that. But I I hear you. I mean, you're totally right that if you try it and it fails, then you've actually burned even more tokens by having it fail on you. So that's totally valid. It's one of those things where it like hints at an interesting direction that we might go in that nobody had thought of before. What he said that I thought was super interesting was that for him, it isn't even about using less tokens. He says it allows us to tease out domain specific languages or dialects that the model can speak. A compressed prompt has high conceptual leverage per token. So it's a tool for rapid exploration. I'm not sure I completely grok that, but it sounds like there's more ways to explore the neural net's brain in quotes. And also, these will let you find things which sound like the opposite of solid magic gold carp, which has basically zero conceptual leverage per token. And these seem to have a whole lot. Powerful if we use it to research this. It would seem to have some possible implications to interpretability if if there's some deep magical reason why that particular compression shorthand works. Like, is that what it's doing inside of its head, for lack of a better word, when it thinks something through? Is it rummaging around using a kind of internal symbolic notation? Mm. Not literally, because I understand it's all just like weights, but those weights are attached to things. I don't know, maybe this is totally off base, but if it's even slightly not off base, it would be very valuable to to help understand the way that it thinks. Yeah, and the best way to find that out is to fuck around with it and experiment. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eliezer had what he found most interesting out of all this is he says the impressive part is that GTP4 is seemingly able to predict how GTP4 would decompress a sentence and optimize over the prediction. If so, it requires GPT4 to model a surprising slash scary amount about itself. That's an interesting insight. It means that there's a level of self-reflection and self-knowledge, which is, as he says, pretty worrisome. But then later on, he tweeted out, there's claims that Bard is able to decompress using the same compression that GTP uses. So it's probably less scary because it implies less self-specific knowledge and more general things that the languages have picked up or the models have picked up. 
Yeah, I mean, if that's true, that's just sort of even weirder to me somehow. Maybe some of the compressions that you just read out loud on the air here are things where you could read it and have a pretty good guess of what it meant. But some of the ones that G. Fodor was talking about were just things where I was like, I wouldn't really know where to start. There's at least some that incorporated random emojis. Yeah, the random emojis was funny because it's not even an emoji that's relevant. And you're like, okay, it's doing something with that. I mean, I can't even guess what it's doing with that. Or maybe that doesn't even mean anything and it's just being cute, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucking with us. Yeah, it's fucking with us. Or it, this is what a human would expect to see a compression text string look like. So I'll throw an emoji oh in there or something. I really don't understand this and that... I feel like normally I like understand what's happening under under the hood with most of what GPT is doing. And so this this is one of the things where I'm like, I really don't actually understand what it's doing under the hood. I just sent you a photo of one of the ones you were talking about. What is this input type? OK emoji dot TYP less than un TYP parenthesis target emoji parenthesis equals express like like you said, don't know where to start. I guess I could guess some of these, like TYP is probably type, LMB is probably Lambda. Maybe if you gave me a while, I could have guessed that. I certainly didn't guess it off the bat, but then you go look at the decoding and it's like Lambda calculus can be divided into untyped and typed. And I'm like, oh, okay, so. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't already know what the decompressed thing was. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's the kind of thing that makes sense in retrospect. And also, I guess it makes sense if you know literally everything in the world. <laughs> like that's actually okay so so i'm not going to claim that i just like cracked it and i understand now but like one explanation for this is just we're not very efficient at memory retrieval and we don't know very much and so when you throw garbage like that at us we're like i don't fucking know it looks like garbage it looks like nonsense but it's basically like all right well let me just briefly skim over all of the concepts in existence oh this <laughs> one looks kind of close to the token strings that is in this thing lambda calculus specification typing got got it nailed it right so, okay yeah kind of like what i was doing with the mud sim where nav is obviously short for navigation if it's something you're really familiar with then it would be easier right mm -hmm. so so it makes sense i don't think either of us are particularly familiar with lambda calculus and so it didn't jump to our it, it certainly didn't jump into my head that that was what the uh encoding was but chat gpt is familiar with everything yeah this is cool because I don't want to go on a tangent, certainly, but like, do you know what the embeddings are with the GPTs? No. It, very briefly, you give it some text via the API and you say, give me the embedding. The embedding for that text is a vector, so just a list of numbers. Then you can do all sorts of really powerful analyses with that vector. Like you can determine whether two pieces of text are similar by determining whether their vectors are mathematically similar or different by determining whether they're different. Or you can do clustering where you, you get a bunch of pieces of text and you get their embeddings and then you do an analysis to see like which are closer to which and, and sort of cluster them. And this is useful for all kinds of commercial purposes. That's kind of the ultimate compression if you think about it, where it's, it's not just compression, but it's like a meaningful compression that's telling you information about how the model conceptualizes this internally, except the vectors are even more inscrutably baffling to us because they're just numbers. Whereas at least this compression is something that you can at least in principle understand if you're familiar with the subject matter. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. This is everything I got. I just wanted to be like, holy crap, look at this new thing that ChatGPT can do. It is still early days for picking low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny that I don't feel any different, but, uh, <laughs> but I feel like I should, you know what I mean? Like we're sitting here talking mm -hmm. about this, this AGI and its behavior, but we're just having a conversation that doesn't feel uh, 
earth shattering. It seems like it should, though. You know what I mean? All my atoms are still where I would like them to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for joining me. And I'll see you again in person soon, I hope. All right. Later.